Welcome to the Legacy Pod. In episode 6, I spoke to Johnny Russell, the former Dundee United and Derby County striker and current captain of MLS franchise Sporting Kansas City. Johnny talked about his determination to become a footballer, the lessons learned in the early days of his career, the desire to travel and play overseas and the pride of pulling on the dark blue jersey for Scotland. Johnny's story highlights what's possible when you commit everything to achieving your goal and ignore the people who say it can't be done. Enjoy the episode. Johnny Russell, welcome to the Legacy Pod. Thanks for coming on. Yes, mate. It's a pleasure. Listen, let's just get straight into it. Um, did you always want to be a footballer? Was that always going to be the path for you? Uh, I pretty much. Um, for as long as I can remember, anyway. That's all I wanted to do, was, uh, was play football. Um, probably... Mm-hmm. Like the the detriment of everything else, like school and stuff like that, I, I seen as a school as like sort of means to an end for me. Yeah. I just yeah, I didn't see the purpose it would have for me. I just had my mindset on that's what I was going to do. Obviously, at that age, you don't think of the challenges that comes with it. You just think like, I'm going to be able to do this. This is what I'm going to do, and I think probably with that mindset, kind of helped me in a way as well. Yeah. Um, but no, literally, it was, it was all I ever wanted to do. And like, luckily enough, I've got the, the opportunity to, to make a career out of still going. But it's, uh, I, it's, it was always something that I had my mindset on. Did you ever think of a plan B or were you just so driven that that never entered your head? Never entered my head. Um, there, was no, <laughs> there was no plan B. It was basically all or nothing for this. Um, like I said, school, I didn't really apply myself because I just thought this is just wasting my time until I can get to, to playing yeah. um, and th- there was just no no fallback I, I didn't think this isn't going to work what am I going to do that was never my mindset my mindset was always I'm going to make yeah. it I'm going to I'm going to be a footballer um, and uh, I like I said lucky enough to do it did anyone ever try and sort of um not talk you out of it, but if you saw school as a, as a means to an end, did, do you think people could sort of see that that ambition that you had would take you all the way? Or was there people that tried to say, listen, waking up, son, this isn't going to happen? Pretty much that was the way it was um, through school, was pretty much waking up. Like, I'd... I had teachers pull me up in front of the class and try and ridicule me, saying I didn't have the discipline, didn't have like all this stuff to go. Yeah. What you need to be a footballer, and I was like, basically, you don't have a clue what you're talking about. Um, fair enough, I lacked the discipline in their classes, but that yeah. was just because I didn't want to be there. Um, uh, but when it came to the discipline of playing um, and looking after myself and putting the work in, then I knew that I was disciplined and driven in that aspect and nothing that they could say would change that. Um, they were always saying, 
<clears throat> obviously, what do you want to be? I would tell them. And they're like, well, obviously, the percentages of that happening. Um, I think it's like less than 1% yeah. of kids that play. So I just always had in my head, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in that percentage. Yeah. Like that's, you're talking to the wrong person. You're saying there's only like a certain amount of people that do it. And I was like, my mindset was I'm going to be one of them. So, I mean, looking back now, I probably should have applied myself a bit better just so I had something else uh, to fall back on. But I was just at that age and at that time, you're not thinking anything else. You're just it's hard mindset. to see you, but... uh, Your mind's just set on this. Well, you know, that this is what I want to do. And I guess that... Um... That attitude's fine in the classroom, but how did that translate at home? I mean, I mean that must have been a frustration and a, and a worry for your family. That they probably can see that determination. They do know you. They know the, the ability, yeah. the work rate, but would you think there was always that bit in the back of the mind that what if it doesn't work out? Probably there's always going to be a worry there. I mean, I've got two kids of my own now, so, I mean, if they said that to me, like, this is what I want to do, then... I was obviously never standing away and yeah. trying to make them do something else. But I mean, there is that worry as a parent. You're like, you know, what if it doesn't? Um, yeah. And they they probably had that as well. We never really spoke about it, to be honest. My mum, my mum drove me all over the country to go and yeah. play. So I think she was just kind of hoping all the hours she'd put in, she's like, it better happen. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I, it was, I never really had any talks it was never really a thing that we spoke about oh this might not happen it was yeah. just it's giving your best thought really I, it was just i think they were kind of in the same mindset as me is that we'd put that much into it yeah um, that it was it was going to happen do you know deep down do you know that you've got a, you've got a shot at being in that one percent when i was younger like i was pretty cocky and arrogant with that way like going through school because you like you know like you hear obviously boys for different schools and that you know the like the players who are about to make like that step up to like play for youth teams and stuff like that yeah um so i mean so you kind of know about each other and obviously you play each other in school you're always kind of the standouts and you play each other for your teams um and like my progression through the like, sort of youth teams, especially when I got to about sixteen, was was pretty quick. So, I mean, I kind of had a feeling that you know I was getting opportunities, and things were happening to me that weren't happening to the other boys. Yeah. So I was like, I've got a like I've got a good chance, but until you're actually there doing it, you don't feel like. I mean, anything can happen. You don't yeah. feel like oh, I've made it. Like you think. I mean, this can change at any minute. So, you don't, like I said, I was getting these opportunities. I made my debut. Like, not long after I'd signed, I was sort of played a handful of 19s games, resi games, and then made my full debut. And then, obviously, I was back down, went on loan and stuff like that. But even when all that was happening, it was just it was crazy, really, to think about it. But I, at no point did I think, basically, it was going to, continue there's always that thought in the back of your mind like this like this could change yeah. at any point so 
I think that that helped me as well. Just constantly living in that fear of like this could be it, like this. So that made me the way I approached it every day. Um, definitely helped with just mainly the fear of being one of those kids who does well, makes his debut, spoke about a little bit and then disappears. I was like, I, I don't want that to be me. Um, so that kind of drove me in a way as well. Which we can I will touch on in a minute because it's a great point. When you go back to that belief that you had, where does that drive come from? Is that something that's just in you? Is that just part of your upbringing or is that just something that you can actually instill in you? Is it just, it's either there or it's not? I don't know. I've always had that drive. I, f- I found as well, like coming through, so like boys that played with a, don't want, I'm not going to say the smaller teams, but that weren't like the, the old firm. Yeah. Like, I just feel we had something, I don't know, something different. The areas were from, like, just the boys that came through, um, like our youth systems for all yeah. the different teams. Just, I think just the areas were from just gave us something different. Um, there was just a drive there that I don't think you can teach. It is your upbringing. Um, areas you're from, people you're around and uh, you need to have that if you want to try and do anything and I think I've spoke about this with boys before um, and it was it was just something different, you always felt you had a, a point to prove um, and that was the way I went about it as well, obviously and I knew the, the work I'd put in yeah. Like every day, like I knew the work that I'd put in to get better, um, different things that I had to work on, even things that I, I knew I was good at, still worked on them. Just constantly playing, constantly training. I knew the work that I put in and that sort of gave me that sort of belief in extra drive as well because I knew I was willing to do the same, if not more, that other people around me were doing um, to to make it. Which I guess ties into what you mentioned earlier about boys who maybe get a bit of recognition and then just disappear. Because you must have seen that happening to so many players at all the different levels. And is it is it that work rate that is the separator between disappearing and not disappearing? I think so. I mean, we played... I joined United at 13 and coming through the youths even like the Scotland teams and that, it was always Celtic Rangers, predominantly yeah. the players. And some of the boys at that age were unbelievable, like technically so gifted. But then you get to 17s, 19s. Some of them are starting to fall away. Some of them are already gone. Yeah. And you're just thinking, how did that happen? Like, it's, and for whatever different reason, I've played like, at that age group, I've played against so many good players. And they're not playing. Yeah. So it's just that was always because I'd seen it happen like when I was younger, and then I could see it happening around me as well. I was just like, I'm not going to be one of the guys. Like I was, I was never spoke about in the same sort of like I was never praised the way they were younger. A younger age group, mine sort yeah. of happened a bit later, getting towards like the seventeens and stuff like that, is where I started getting involved with like. Scotland teams. I mean, I didn't play with Scotland until under 19s. So 
feel like not that I developed later, but <clears throat> maybe I started to perform a bit later than them. Um, whereas some guys were falling away. Like I was I was on the up, I was going the other way. Yeah. Um but I that's even when I played under nineteen, some of the, the boys I played with in Scotland, like they're just like like they're gonna make it, they're a stick on to make it and they don't. Um so that was just always an extra drive. And I think the way, I don't know how it was at other teams, but the way it was at United, like we had to work for, for everything. We, like we grafted, we were in early doors. The jobs that they had us doing, we were leaving five, six at night as well. So you were constantly yeah. working, training, setting up for the first team, cleaning all the first team stuff, like, my job was first team equipment. They had me cleaning the, the like the stitching and the and the ball. I had to clean the stitching and the ball. There could be no mud. That's Individual ridiculous. cones, like just crazy stuff like that. Yeah. But it just makes you appreciate it now. And then obviously, even now, like all those jobs have stopped. I'm not going to be like, oh, my day, like not like that. But yeah, kids now don't have that. Like they don't. But they don't do those sort of things, which I feel definitely help ground me. Like, because I'd be training with the the first team, and then like obviously they're all getting they're all getting changed or away. But I'm I'm then like doing all the jobs after it, which yeah. you were just expected to do at that age. But we had an amazing time there. Like we would go down to the at Tannadice, we would go down into the stands set up the bins and play like headed tennis for hours as well like so you're just constantly there and it just made you sort of appreciate um when you got out of that it just made you appreciate everything a lot more because you felt you had not that you had worked on the pitch but you'd done all the like the sort of stuff you don't want to do yeah i would say i mean who wants to be cleaning stitching stitching on the ball no i mean but it must make it must make you appreciate when you do get when you make Aye. that jump and when you become a first team player proper, like you Aye. must really appreciate that. I, I mean, like I said, I was always, I was around the first team since probably like 16 and then I didn't really properly play or break in until I was around about 20. Yeah. So, I mean, I went on loan twice, um, coming on here and there, but it wasn't until, I think even how I got in, like I was, Felt like I was playing well. I was ready. I got in. I'm sure Cornway got injured. Uh, Craig Cornway. I'm sure he broke his. I'm sure he broke his foot twice in the one year, and it was the second time he broke his foot that I got into the team and played. I don't know how many games I'd played towards the end of that season, um, and that was it. That was how. That was how I got in. Yep. And then it wasn't until Goody left that I actually started getting my full run at playing up top. I mean, I'd be filling positions here and there. Yeah, but obviously getting to play in my natural position week in week out, I, that didn't happen until Goody was gone. I remember that time, and there seemed like an inevitability that that was going to be. You know, mm. you talk about no plan B. You talk about having to make it, and it always felt as if there was no panic about uh, David Goodwillie leaving because mm. you were there, and it seemed like mm. it was a natural. And it's funny because you look back and you were still so young at that point, but Aye. you could sense that there was that impatience because I think you played as a you played really maturely as a player 
for your age mm. at that level. But you could sense yeah. that impatience that you had to go in and, and make your mark. I it was. Um, I mean, it was for years as well. Like everyone knew Goody was going to go, yeah. Goody was flying. Um, they were going to get they were going to get good money for Goody. So it was always a case of like, like Johnny's there, so it doesn't matter. But I was like. I but I don't want to wait for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was always going to go, but I was like, like I'm ready to go yep. now. And then there was always the comparisons, um, like between me and Goody, which, to be honest, I didn't really pay any attention to, and I'm kind of glad because obviously when you get compared to people, then you know if you start thinking too much into it, it can affect yep. you. Um, but me and Goody were so close, uh, spent all our time together, and. Like he would be like he was always saying, "Ah, like if someone said something to him, he was he was always the one to like put it off and go, nah, he like I'll be gone. He's he's going to feel like he's better, yeah. all that stuff.' So, I mean, it was it was always good between us, and to learn from somebody as well that like the impact he made. I mean, he broke in at what sixteen? Could they broke in? Same scoring goals, I scoring goals, and I it was just obviously having him to sort of learn off as well seeing how grounded he was outside it as well so I'll, even if I, I was going to be getting carried away I'd be like who am I to do that if this guy's playing every week scoring yeah. goals and he's still the same boy I knew when we were 14 um, so I I was I was just impatient to get there um, and then obviously he did go and it was it was big shoes to fill um, yeah Took his number as well. <laughs> he left. I took, <laughs> took seven. Um, and I, I, I just felt I had something, something to prove uh, that you know, Goody, Goody was gone, but I was more than capable of, yeah. to step in. Um, and I, I mean, it worked. So it was, uh, it was. I loved it. There was good times there, man. Most people that actually enjoyed school, it's not until they uh, they grow up and they look back and you know, that old saying of it's, it's the best days of your life. I'm not sure if that was the case for you, but do you feel that way about United? Because I always remember at that time, there was a there was a good group of young players, you know, you, Barry, obviously Craig Cormier was there, Goody had just left. But even just the environment that you were in, um, the facilities that you had to train, and just there, was, there seemed to be something quite special about that period of time at that club. Don't get me wrong, like that. I love school to go and see my mates. Like I, I was brilliant. <laughs> I, I was amazing. But like classes and that, no, it wasn't Not for you. This wasn't for me. But I in terms of like a group of boys, that's probably up there with the, the best I, I've been involved in. We had so many young, exciting players and if one went, another one would come in. Yeah. We just had that reputation of just constantly like churning out players. <laughs> it was uh like you said there, you had me, Goody, Conway. Later, you had Gary McKay, Stephen Stewart, yep. Armstrong, Andy Robertson. I mean, like, Goldie. It was just one after the other. So yep. I think that was, for me, that was a big pull as well when I signed for United, that seeing, like, the the history they had of just, it didn't matter your age, if you were ready, you would play. Yeah. And they would just bring through Constantly, it was just a conveyor belt of players. Bring them through, bring them on, sell them, 
And that, I think that's what attracted a lot of people we done. It was Graham Livingston that was there. Basically, our whole team was like sort of Glasgow area anyway. Um, and I just even, even the first team boys when I was younger, like you would get involved with them and like they were harsh to you. But I mean, you're, you just loved being around them. They were all like, like they would be on top of you, like young guy, like just obviously just try and make it a bit more difficult for you. But I just seen it. Um, even now looking back, just character building. I wouldn't be probably wouldn't be the same without like the way I was brought up with the first team. Um, even though they were all brilliant bunch of guys, like I still speak to like some of them to this day. Like we still still keeping a, a little bit of contact. Um, just text out the blue and that. So it's it's definitely was one of the, the highlights uh, like in my career in terms of a group of boys in a change room. What what were the sort of circumstances for for that to happen? Was it literally just giving a bunch of young boys the chance? And you know, if you play more games at that level, you are going to develop. You're going to play. But even even to get that group of players in that environment, what what was the secret? What were what were United doing that other clubs weren't necessarily doing? Honestly, I've got no idea. Um... Like one of the big ones was the digs we stayed in. Like I said, majority of our team was Glasgow, Edinburgh based. So we all stayed together. Yeah. There was it was like twenty years in the same house. So you're just constantly around each other. You're away from your family. You don't have anything else outside it. So everything was just football. Like that yeah. was your focus. If I was back home, maybe like distracted with like going out and doing stuff yeah. like that with my mates, whereas we were just constantly, constantly around football um, and the standards that were sort of set for us as well kept us all sort of disciplined in that way. So we were just constantly working um, to improve. And I think that's, there's got to be a lot of credit given to Graham Livingston as well, like the, the boys that he could spot and pick yeah. out. Because, I mean, every every team's going to these tournaments, these games that he's going to. Like, you would drive up and down the country just constantly watching and just picking out picking out players, bringing them in for trials, signing them, whatever it was. I mean, I initially came on trial at, like, 13. I went down to, I'm sure I went down to Dumfries for a trial match. So, he was just, um, he was just, Constantly scouring the, the country, and he, he always managed to pick out pick out gems. Yeah. Um, I think it was his eye, obviously, that that set United apart in those terms from a lot of teams. Because, um, like I said, how many scouts were going to these? But he was the one managing to, to find all these players. And United was just a good place for young players to be and to develop because. They were never scared to give me a chance. Yeah. You talked about that 1% of actually making it. And I guess you could boil that down to, you know, you make it in your home country in your own domestic league. And then I think everyone always has that, you know, any young Scottish player has that dream of going somewhere else eventually. Um, did you always have that belief that United wasn't, I don't want to say stepping stone, but just the first mm. part of your progression? Did you always believe that you were going to a bigger bigger and better things? 
always knew I would go at some point. Um, I just knew that I was going to be one of a long line of players who came in, done well, and then made the club a bit of money. Yeah. <laughs> that was we were a we were a selling club. You came in, you done well, and you went. Um, so I always knew that I was going to go at one one point. I was never really impatient to go, but I think the the time that I did go was probably it was probably a good time. I was twenty three. Um, so it was probably a good time to get out and to try something different. But I'd always wanted to go abroad. That was always my goal. I didn't want to. I had no intentions of going to England. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like pretty much every player that had done well in Scotland, they do well. They go to England. So I wanted to be different. I wanted to try something different. Yeah. I wanted to go and test myself in a different country, maybe learn a new language and properly test myself that way. Um, I mean, it never happened. There was obviously... You were talking about uh, Italy, wasn't there? Aye, Catania. I was yep. going to say that. That was So that was... I mean, that was close to happening. Uh, they made a few bids, I think. Yep. Their bids got close to a million. Um, but just for whatever reason, uh, United never accepted it. Uh, but I would I would have probably jumped at that chance yeah. if I got the chance to actually speak to them um, and go and play in Serie A. Amazing. Uh, living in Sicily as well. I mean, that'd be perfect, <laughs> but I mean, it never, it never happened. But my goal after that was always to still go abroad, um, and it wasn't until obviously the summer transfer window that yeah. decided to go to Derby. But I mean, I hadn't. There was no speak of Derby before that window. That all came about so quick, and. After speaking to them, I just thought that's oh, it's not something that I wanted to do. But after speaking to them, I was like, that's, that's something I, I want to try now. Um, but always sort of had the hopes and ambitions of still going yeah. abroad. Obviously, I've not had to learn a new language here. But they think abroad. I speak one. I know, but um, <laughs> tell me about it. No, I can, I can I sympathise with that. I know. So tell me about what it's like at that that time, because obviously. If you rewind the clock, you know, you're the player in the midst of all this speculation, you know, those teams coming in. You've got, you know, guys like myself in the media writing about it, but you can never really open up, I think, about, about where your head's at. And maybe you don't even know in, until it's later on. But what is it like as a young guy, as an as a ambitious footballer, if a bid comes in and a club says no, what, what does that do for you in terms of, like your your mental state of mind and how how it affects your performance, because you never really hear anyone talk um, about that side of it when they're I, when they're in the middle of it. See, to be honest, I mean, it's just it really depends where your mind's at. I mean, I was like I said, I was in no rush to go anywhere. I knew it was going to happen at some point. Um, when there was bids coming in like during seasons, I mean, I had probably before I left. For about two seasons, there was bids coming in in the January windows. The end of the season, there was there would be bids that came in or interest, and they were always like knocked back. So, I mean, maybe in like the off season, you get a wee bit annoyed about it. Yeah. But when you're playing, when you're playing, like it would never. Even if I was mad at the club for knocking a bid back, I would never be like, "Oh, like I'm going to show you yeah. here, like." 
you know, throwing the toys out. It would never be like that. The, I think the only bid that got rejected that probably got to me was Celtic bids. And Celtic bids got rejected. I mean, like, yeah. I say that I wanted to go abroad, but I'm Celtic when I came in. Of course. I was going to Celtic. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, everyone knows that. I've always spoke about that. And it was them and Derby at the time, and Celtic wouldn't match the bid um, that Derby made. So there was always that speculation um, in the media between me and Celtic. Yeah. I think it was there for like, I think I was probably there for a couple of years before. Um, I went, I mean, young Scottish boy doing well. You can't hide yeah. who you like in Scotland. Um, so that was always a link there. Um, but I think that not happening was would probably be the only thing that, uh, I wouldn't say like got to me, but obviously you just, you want that to happen. Um, I never did. So it's, I mean, it's just un- unfortunate, but in terms of everything else, and when you get when you get to training and playing, you honestly don't even think about it. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to be you don't want to be seen as one of the boys that all that's happening, and people can see it's affecting you. Yeah. I mean, people are still going to people are still going to say it as if you have a bad game or something like that. People are going to be on you. That's part and parcel. But if it like drags on, then obviously. People are going to go, nah, his, his head's gone, his head's turned, or whatever yeah. it is. Um, I was never really, never really like that. I was always of the, you know, thinking it, it was going to happen at some point. So just keep enjoying what I'm doing until it does. And then when Derby happened so quickly, what was that like in a, as a scenario where you have basically been at that club mm-hmm. since you were 13? You're up, you're gone, you're, uh, you're into a new surrounding, new country, new league, and a step up. I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't think. I think Scottish players are woefully underrated in in other countries. I would agree. But there's definitely a step up, probably even just in terms of tempo or just the number of quality of players that that you're surrounded. Uh, what What's that like to jump straight into? That was tough. Um, so even at that that age, I was just coming off uh, break my leg um, my last year at United, so didn't really have a proper. Pre-season, I was like in and out, so I was I wasn't fit when I went there, yeah. um, and it was my first game. Obviously, you get through it just adrenaline. I scored my debut. Yeah, scored a uh, scored a pen with Ruby Blackburn, <clears throat> and then Championship Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. It starts like you're not used to that. Yeah, um, and you have to be like at it at all times, and it's just completely different tempo. Like, pace of the game, the aggression, the physicality. It's just a step up through what you're through what you're used to. And it was tough. Um and you have to you have to adapt quickly. Yeah. Um, like I spent a lot of time when I went to that league, like uh, I knew my fitness would come back, that was fine. But I looked at it and went, if I'm if I'm going to be able to perform this league, I have to get stronger as well. So like a lot of emphasis went into weights getting trying to make myself a bit bigger I'm still a scrawny kid at that point um, so I went into trying to bulk myself and make myself yeah. stronger for when those challenges came in or you know that that competitive side that I was giving myself a fighting chance instead of you know, my first few games I was kind of 
playing against big brutes are just throwing you about. Yeah. Um, you feel like a you feel like a wee boy. So I was like, nah, this this can't this can't go. So just wee things like that, like you you don't really think about um, until you're in that situation, and then you go, oh, that's that's an eye opener. That. Did you ever doubt yourself? Did you ever think uh, this is going to be too difficult, or was it just a case of what you? There are certain things that you can control, and if that's a case of putting on five pounds of muscle, then that's something that you can do. It's not about ability. It's not about aye. desire. You can control the that's things just, that you need to change. Aye. I never. The only time I worried was so it was about ten or eleven games into me signing. Um, I broke my I broke my leg again, same spot, uh, and it was literally. It was Steve McLaren's first game when he took over. Right. Um, so he came in for the, we played a midweek game. Uh, he'd been announced as manager, but he wasn't actual manager yet. So this was his first game. Uh, we played Leeds. We beat Leeds at home. And uh, last minute of the game, I broke my leg again. But I'd done well in the game. I had scored. Um, I'd created a few chances. And this is when... This is when I get moved out wide as well. So this is when I started playing as a winger, like this game. Yeah. And uh, I broke my leg. His first game in charge, I'm like, like I'm basically I'm done here. He's got, he had to bring someone else in. He's going to. I've had no time to work with the guy. He's going to build his team, like around other people who are going to be playing. I'm going to be out for a bit of time. Um, so I was worried about that. Um, for a bit and I don't know if he could sense it um, and he, he pulled me one day and he was basically just reassured me he's like don't worry about it like basically I knew about you before I came here Yeah. like just get in my plans like don't let that get to you just get yourself back fit look after yourself um, so that was mentally that that helped me Um Focus on your rehab, probably. You know I that, focus you know on my rehab, rather that side it's taken care of. Yeah. So, like, instead of doing your rehab, you're thinking, like, I'm fighting an uphill battle here. Like, I'm doing this, and I, I could be, I could be away again. Like, yeah. I've seen it happen. Like, new managers come in, someone gets injured, or even if they don't, new managers not having you. Like, you're gone next window. So I was like, I've just moved here. Like, came down with like a point to prove, yeah. um, and then could be away but him doing that completely took my mind off it and then when I got back fit he put me straight back in the team um, and then obviously at the times history. Yeah, uh, you're not going to you're not going to play every game we had our disagreements at times yeah. but but yeah one of the easily one of the best coaches I've, I've worked with I, I thought he was brilliant got on brilliant with him as well and even to this day still Still speak to him now and then. He's he's always asking uh, my agent after me as well. So he's a no. He's a, he's a he's a good guy. Underrated because he he he, he did become a bit of a joke figure for a while, didn't he? Through probably no fault. Of uh, his because own. It, uh, for the obviously the whole England yeah. situation that everyone knows about, but I was like massively underrated. Everyone just goes back to that um, and uses it against them. Yeah. But in terms of like one-on-one coaching. You left. You left nothing to nothing to chance. Everything, every detail was planned. We were going into games so well prepared. It was insane. Um, I mean, no one wants to do shape all the time. Yeah. 
right in training. Like at the time, you're just like, come on, man, just play wee games. <laughs> but then when it got to the when it got to the games, we were ruthless. We were yeah. cutting through people. Um, and at no point did they ever want us to change what we we're doing. Like we played out from the back every single time we could. Um, if we were to launch the ball, we would have went mental. Even if we gave up a goal, I remember we played Fulham. I think it, we I think we gave away two goals playing out for the back. And he was still there going, nah, keep playing, keep, keep playing. Going. We eventually came back 1-5-2. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were just not arrogant, but we were just so confident in what we were doing at that point that we knew we were going we to crush teams. Um, and we did. How much of that is about knowing? Because I, I guess it doesn't matter what age you are or what level you're playing at. If you know you've got a manager on the side that doesn't, that can forgive a mistake being made because it fits in with the way that he wants the game to be played. How much does that take the pressure off and allow you to actually have the freedom to properly play? That's exactly what we were free. Um, even position. Um, he had no problem interchanging. And that's why we were so good at that time because people would just float about everywhere. Yeah. And we were that well structured that if someone floated out of position, someone would cover them, someone would then cover them. Like, like you looked at the shape we started with and some of the positions that players were in, you'd be like, where are they even playing? Um, and we were just so well regimented and this is the way we, like, we go about our business. And I mean, that was the year we got to the playoff final. I think if we had a full season yeah. under them, we would have... Uh, we would have finished top two and obviously he's just saying that but I think we missed out on I think we went from 14th to finishing third and missing out by four or five points I mean if, and that was probably about 11 games into the season we were making the points up in those yeah. games playing that playing that way that there was no no doubt in my mind so I was it's up there with my best spells in my career like personally and in a, in a team just for the way I was playing it was a new position as well adapted really quickly yeah. yep. I mean I don't I mean it doesn't bother me as much now but I was a because I was second forward I always played in a two um, and then to go and play out wide I hated it at the time yeah Um, I'm, I'm used to it now so it's uh, no it was just such a such a good time in my career that the the leg break to do it once must be so tough to try and get your head around and recover from. To do it a second time, how how do you recover from that mentally? I mean, it was it was tough for the reason I said obviously it was new manager just came in, so that was why it was tough. Um, but at no point was I like, oh, like why is it happening? Yeah. I was never I never got to that stage. I just felt, you know what, I've just got through it. It's, I mean, shit, but I'm going to get through it again. Yeah. Um, there was no, there was no worry. And I, I was lucky in the fact that it was, it wasn't like a, like a straight through break. It was a fracture. Yeah. So it was like, the timing wasn't as bad. Um, I think it was out for two to three months. So, I mean, it's still a lot of football, but I was like, this could be, could be worse. Could be worse. It could be a season. 
Yeah. You know, Runa, you know what I mean? So it was it was always that thing as well that I knew that if I put the work in I'd be back. And it actually at that time it it gave me the time to sort of bulk up a little as well. That was yeah. when that I started probably putting in the extra off the puck where I hadn't really done before. What I wish I had done when I was younger. I mean, now it's different, a sports science and that you're looking after your body in that way like off the park now whereas when I had started it wasn't a thing yet um, so that gave me the chance to actually properly start um, looking after my, my body in that sense. How much has it changed just from the period of you breaking into the first team at United to now where you know you touched on what's maybe been lost from young players coming through in terms of the the jobs that they don't do and the, the more sort of menial tasks. But the other side of that is you're probably developing better athletes and better footballers because of the sports science. Uh, definitely. So, like I'm saying, they're not doing those jobs, but they're, they're sort of getting a discipline in a different way of, like you said, being, a, being an athlete. Yeah. Um, you get it from such an early age now, which wasn't really a thing when I was coming through. I mean, I think we went to the gym as a team once a week, but I mean, that's not going to do anything for anyone. Um, yeah. Whereas these boys are, like they're doing stuff before training, they're training, they're doing it after. Um, just basically getting their body in peak condition, um, which is a, a massive change from when, obviously, I came through. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm a part of it now, just a bit older than than what these these guys are starting at, it. but I think it's a, a massive part of the game. It's a part of the game that I actually really enjoy, um, to be honest. It's uh, like looking after my body, like I can go through stages of my career and like, I can see the difference, I can feel the difference. Yeah. This is, I mean, probably the, the best shape I've been in physically, probably last year and we were just starting. Uh, just about to start pre-season this year. But um, physically, this is the best I've felt uh, just because of all that and looking after myself and in the gym. Do you think the days, Johnny, of... like Because young Scottish players always had that maybe stigma or that perception that they probably didn't look after themselves properly. The talent might have been there, but whether it was a case of, um, you know liking a drink off the park or diet's not been the best, maybe let down the development of some players. Do you think those days are, are gone? Aye, I would say so. I mean, I, I don't see any problem where, obviously, when you can, yeah, someone indulging in, if they like a drink, have a drink. If, if you want to eat something, eat something. Yep. I mean, you need that balance. Like, yep. But I think the stigma of, honestly, I think people thought we were alcoholics. You know what I mean, coming <laughs> when we were coming through, like, oh, they they play and then they all go out. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, you're a normal, like, you're a normal boy, you can't do it the way other people can. Yeah, but like, if you want to go for a pint with your mates when after a game you don't have training, like, you're not a monk, problem. Ah, you know, what's the problem? Um, that's always annoyed me that, yeah, um, it just seems to be this thing that oh, you play football, you, you can't have fun. That's pretty much what it feels like you yeah. do something or someone's got something to say or there's a picture or there's a video and then people are on you 
Like, come on, man. It's, yeah. This is my off time. You know what I mean? But I think that, I definitely think that that sort of stigma has changed. Um, and you look at the, the boys now that are coming through, you can see them. Like, if you want to compare them, sort of them side by side with us, you can see that, like, yeah. they're in much better shape. They look look more like a like an athlete than than what we did. I think we probably went off sort of raw talent more, whereas these guys are taking their talent and obviously being benefited with the other aspects they're doing outside of it that's just lifting their talent as well. Yep. So even when you watch our, our younger boys coming through, I mean, they all look like like top players, um, which is, I mean, it's good. It's good for the country. It's good for the future. So, 100%. I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's hearable. You're a bit different as well from, um, from a lot of, maybe not different in your ambition or where you want to go, but actually executing it. And it's becoming a bit more common now with likes of uh, Hickey moving on and, you know, you mentioned Ryan Gold in Portugal. But what do you think it was, Johnny, that separated you and from having the mindset of I'm, one way or another, I'm going abroad? Because sometimes it's not quite as easy as, as, as saying it from making the leap from, you know, the top league in Scotland. A lot of the players, most players, as you say, you maybe go down to the Championship, Premier League, but it's pretty rare that a Scottish player will go further afield than England. I just wanted to be different. That was that was always my aim, to stand out, be different um, in whatever i done, decisions I made. And at that time, there was no one that done, like, no one went abroad. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to do it. Yep. Um, I just never wanted to be comfortable. That was it. I just wanted to go just constantly challenge myself and what's more challenging for like a Scottish boy like we're quite ignorant and we go even when we go on holidays and stuff like that we expect people to cater to us yeah. speak to us in English you know what I mean so I, I was just always in a mindset just completely throw myself out in my comfort zone just go and try something yeah. it might not have worked I might have I might have failed but I tried like at least at least I tried that I wanted to go and do it um but now you see boys like that going and do it. I mean, we've got so many boys playing abroad now. Yeah. Boys playing Italy, Belgium, Portugal. I mean, it's we've got boys in Spain. So it's. I think now it's becoming a lot more common, and people are looking at Scottish players as well and seeing yeah. the the talent that's that's always been there, but just probably not as appreciated the way it should have been. People are seeing it now. Players are going out doing well. So other teams are, are doing it as well. So, I mean, it, I'm obviously gutted I didn't get the chance to do it when I was younger, when I wanted to. But like seeing all these boys doing it, like I'm, I'm buzzing that Scottish players are, are going out and showing like what we're about. Um, and that's that's been the, the best part of it for me. Do you think that a lot of boys, like the country in general, does clearly it's dead easy to be negative sometimes. Do you think that that ambition is there, but maybe the fear of failure holds holds some players back? It's easy just to be comfortable, as you said. Maybe. Because um, there's, 
like as a as a country and as players, like, there's definitely the ability there to go and do it. Um, so I, that shouldn't be the problem. It's just people's people's mindsets. Yeah. But like, not I know not everyone's going to be like me in the way I was thinking yeah. that maybe some people just don't want to do it, which yeah. is which is fair. They still if they want to go to England, then I'm not knocking England. England is it's a tough place to go. Um, but my like my preference was just to go and try something different. Um, okay. I mean, it didn't it didn't work um, in that way for me. But no, it's I think you're right. People can be can be really negative, and I think if someone did try it and it didn't really work out, then I feel it'd be a bit worse for them. Um, maybe get a bit of stick for it, and you don't want to be labelled anywhere as a failure. Yeah. Um, so maybe that puts some people off, but like I said, it's not everyone. It's not for everyone. Not everyone's going to want to go abroad, but I just feel like if people do get the opportunity and they do take it, then the boys that are out the country right now playing in these leagues, I wouldn't consider any of them to be failing at the minute. They're yeah. all doing well. Um, so by them doing that as well, that'll change other people's minds. I'm, I'm positive about that. People see them go out and trying something different, doing well, and they'll be like, yep. want a bit of that as well. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's positive and going and getting a different football experience, life experiences, it's just going to help, I, I think, help our players and country moving forward as well. You, you're probably not aware of it as, as players that are, doing it right now whatever country you're in you know you're in the states you mentioned different boys in portugal spain germany italy wherever it might be and you probably aren't aware of it but there's probably now a next generation of young kids coming through that see you guys off in different shows and aspire to be that i mean i'm, I'm assuming that's never in your thinking but if there are that if there is that next generation of players do you feel that responsibility? Is it is it almost like a you know you're you're not a trailblazer, but if you can inspire other kids to do the same thing, that must be a pretty nice feeling to have. I've never really thought about it that way, um, but I've, I mean, if some younger players coming through see one of the guys that are playing abroad and think, right, that's what I want to do, then I mean, obviously, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I think the the more sort of variation and different experiences we can get our players sort of involved in, in different countries. And I think it's going to be it's going to be massive for us because you look at look at all the other nations, like their players are scattered everywhere. Yeah. Um so like why not us? I mean it's uh and if it's a mindset thing, then it's a mindset that's sort of held us back um for a while. So I mean if someone looks at looks at me and thinks at some point I want to go America and try it, then yeah. I'd say to them, like, 100% go for it. Um, even in the short time I've been here, like, this league has grew massively. The standard has increased yeah. massively since I first came. You can feel it every year. Um, people go on about, oh, the pace. Like, I can give them that at times, but it's hard to play at a... Like a, an English Championship pace in yeah. forty degree heat at times. You know what I mean? It's, it can't be like that all the time. But you've got different things like that that 
I mean, you'll know that. You need, you need to adapt to yeah. the, the situation you're in. Um, but like I said, the, the short period I've been here and the, the change in this league um, has been has been very, very quick. Um, and like every year you see we're bringing in I mean, you've still got the occasional superstar who will come in sort of later in his career. Yeah. But if you actually look at the signings they're making, it's all young, exciting like players that they're trying to bring into this league. Um, and if you take the time to sit and, and watch it, then it's, it's an exciting place to be at the minute. And which takes us nicely onto it. How, how is it to be involved in that right now? Because there must be a freshness to it. Because even when you go down south, you're aware of the teams, the grounds, the players. It must be such a great experience to have to be part of a league that's grown year on, year out. But it also yeah. gives you a bit of freshness as well. It does. I mean, even the teams you even the teams you play, um, I mean, they can completely change in like a year. It's, I mean, it's new guys come in. There's new teams coming into yeah. the league, so it's just constantly something different, something changes there's a new challenge uh, like I said a weather's a massive one like we play last week here it was like minus it's like minus 20 here but we'll get into the summer and it, we're playing games at 7 o'clock at night and it's still 35 degrees yeah. I mean the, the difference but then we could go and play somewhere the week after and it's freezing again yeah the, the, like the variation in places you have to go I mean travelling Travelling's never been an issue. Uh, some people said to me that, oh, they're, they're travelling, but you travel in England, you're on the bus for three hours, so what's yeah. different flying to two and a half hours somewhere? That was, I mean, there's time differences and stuff like that, but it's that was never an issue. It's, and for me, i just seen it as an experience. I'm getting to go to all these places that I never thought I'd go and see as well. Um, How much of it do you get to see, Johnny? Is it kind of airport, hotel, football stadium, or do you get the chance... Oh, no, we're, our manager is a very good in that sense where we'll fly in. So for a Saturday game, we'll probably fly in the Friday afternoon. Yep. Um, or if it's a further away one, say it's a, an LA. LA is like three-hour flight. Um, so we'll probably go on a Thursday. So he's pretty flexible on a Thursday. You can go for your own meal. Yep. Like he trusts you in that way. Friday is obviously train team meal, all the way it always is. Yep. And then you play the game, and then you're free until basically be on the bus the next morning. Yeah. So it's not a lot of time to to see it, but there's still certain things you can you can go and see. Um, like all the the different cities we've been to, I've done I've done pretty much all the touristy things you would do in these cities. Um, so for me, like that's that's brilliant. It takes yeah. your your mind off it a bit of times as well. Um, but I, it's just, it's just a, an exciting time to be here. Like I said, uh, I've been here three years, and I felt from my first year to last year, the standard is, is grew immensely. Um, I mean, we finished top my first year, and then the second year we had a few injuries, but the teams around us strengthened. We finished eleventh, and then last year we finished wow. top again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's that's incredible. And I wouldn't say that we were weak. Um, in 19 like we, we had a few injuries to like key players but the teams around us were just 
like they had strengthened from the year before. Um, and it was just like a tough, tough, tough year for us. Um, and then we strengthened again that summer yeah. and got ourselves back to back to the top. So, I mean, it's just it's it's just mentally, and you don't know what you're going to get from teams year to year. Um, and that's, I mean, that's exciting in itself as well. Do you think there was a few eyebrows raised that you think when you moved out there to leave Definitely. the championship or the chance to go to the Premier League mm-hmm. and you went out there? Right. We were still hunting promotion. Yeah. I mean, I left in the I left in the January um, and people, even when I came out of the club at the time that basically I was going for a, a vacation, but um, I'm not going to choose somewhere at 27 where I think yeah. I'm I'm going to dwindle out my career. I mean, I've still got a good, uh, at that stage, you're thinking I've still got a good 10 years in yeah. there. Like, I'm not going to go somewhere where I think it's going to be a detriment in my career. And you even look, I know it's not like the, like sort of a broad situation where I wanted to go and learn a new language, but that pool was always still to go somewhere different. Yeah. I came, I came here younger than most people would. But I know a lot of people now, players now, who I've played with, who are maybe my age or a little bit older, and they can't, they want here and they can't get yeah, here. They can't get there. Like I knew, like I'd watched the league enough, like I knew enough about the league to know that they were going towards getting younger guys. Yeah. So I just felt if I didn't make that decision there and then to come, the the chance might not always be there, which is sort of proved um, to be right especially like I said I've got so many old teammates who have been contacting me just asking how it is they're trying to like they're trying to get over um, so it is an appealing league to people yeah. um, don't get me wrong like the the lifestyle is good but that isn't why I made the decision and if I no disrespect to Kansas but if I was making a lifestyle decision there's a lot like sort of bigger cities that we yeah. would like consider for us like to go, if you know yeah. what I mean. Um I picked here because it was obviously they wanted me like to show the real like urgence to get me, yeah. which is always good. But then I looked at it and it is very similar to the way we played under Steve McLaren at Derby. Yeah. Like the way they play the high pressing constantly on the ball. So I mean that was that was always in my head. I wanted to pick somewhere that I would fit um, their system and I wasn't going to go out there and prove people right by saying, oh, he's, he's going out for a holiday. Yeah. And basically, I just let my, my career dwindle away. I got myself back in the Scotland squad coming here. I mean, so it's, I've enjoyed myself and it's helped my international career get back in track. So I hadn't been involved for, what, two, two and a half years at that point. So... I just felt I needed a change, um, and it's what. What was it like when you got the call up? Honestly, unbelievable. Like, you grow up thinking you want to play football. Obviously, that's your aim to make it. At no point do you ever think I'm going to play like for my country. Yeah. Obviously, it's a dream you want to do it, but it's never really something that you think about. I mean, I like grew up watching Scotland, and no, we didn't qualify for tournaments but you're yeah. looking at the team and going like that's 
you can't really see yourself getting there. And then obviously to get the call. And then I've been lucky enough to play for for Scotland as well. It's, it's always, anytime I'm asked, that it's always going to be the highlight in my career, yeah. no matter what I do personally or like, and as a team. Playing for my country is by far the, the, the best thing I'll do. Like, can you describe the feeling of it? Because as I, as I mentioned earlier, I think fans never quite grasp the fact that you guys are living our dreams. And it's almost as if when, when the team loses or you're not doing well or you're in that pressure situation, it's almost like mm. the fans expect that it doesn't affect the players because it's ruined. It's not ruined your Saturday night, but it's ruined the punters' Saturday night, uh, if that makes sense. I, I, that's, that's probably the worst part about it, is that people think you don't care. People think, yeah. oh, you lose a game. And we're all having... Like, we're all having a laugh after it. It's, it's not like that. It's... It's a horrible mood after a game. See if you're not not doing well, you're not getting results. It's, yeah. it's horrible. Nobody speaks. It's it's pretty minging atmosphere to be involved in. To be honest, it's um, no one speaks to each other after the game. You go back for a meal. No one's talking. You yeah. all go back to your rooms. Like still, nobody's talking. Um, so it's I don't know why people think that you don't care. Um, I don't know anyone that's went out in a game thinking, oh, we probably lose, lose this one a day. Yeah. I mean, it's you go out there to win. Um, you go into games, like, well, not stupid, you're going into games against the best in the world, and the chances that you're winning are slight, but at no point do you ever roll over and yep. you know, give up. I mean, you're, you're giving everything you've got while, while you're out there. Um, and it does, sometimes it just doesn't work, but it's... It's not through a, a lack of, of care. Um, so, I mean, that's, I mean, that is a tough one. Um, it's, you know, it's, just, it's just part of the sort of things you, you need to deal with. Um, we know it ruins people's nights, but it uh, ruins ours as well. So it's not as, if it's, uh, it's not as if it's uh, like you lose a game off. Fine. On to the next one. It's at uh, hot. Um, I think maybe a bit more for your country as well. Uh, yeah. Like your team and stuff like that. It's you lose a game. It's it's tough, but you're back in training. And you've maybe got a game a couple of days to get get it back. But if you lose a game, your country and it's maybe the last game of you've got back to back qualifiers or something. You lose a game. Not seeing each other for. For months, so that I mean that loss is like sticking me. Um, yeah. So. Uh, and there must there must also be that feeling of your last game could always be your last game. Exactly. I mean, there's no not, guarantee you're ever going to get picked. You're not you? contract. Ah, exactly. You're not contracted there. Um, like it's it's a selection basis. Yeah. If you're not doing well, you're not doing well. You're not going to be there. Um, like uh, obviously, I was involved for for a while. Um, and then I dropped out. But even at that, that, I felt I was playing well enough to be not through the, the whole stage. There was a period where like, I, I know that I wasn't at my best. I shouldn't have been selected, but there was still yeah. a period there when I wasn't involved. I was like, I'm playing well. Um, I mean, there was 
there was players at my team who weren't playing because I was playing in front of them and they were going to score. Wow. You know what I mean? So I was like, like I don't know what else I can do. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I'm doing well enough to be there, which which sucked. Um, and that's one of the, the reasons as well I made the decision to leave because people are going, oh, like, what about your inter- international career? And I was like, well, not really been involved for two yeah. years now. So obviously what I'm doing now isn't going to change that. So why why wouldn't I try something different? Why wouldn't I go and change it? And I think the with the Scotland thing, I think the games being in Mexico and Peru massively helped me yep. because it was in the summer. Yeah. A lot of people have played their season, a lot of injuries. Um so I think that definitely helped me. Um the games being out here. If if the games were back home, I maybe wouldn't have had the chance to go and play in them. Uh but I think the fact that they they were coming out here, um, sort of on their radar a bit. Yeah. And then, obviously, until last year, all the, the COVID stuff, I, I've been involved since. Uh, so, from that aspect, it, it was, it was a, a good decision for me to come here. What, what do you remember about when you got your first call-up? It came after the game. I think we played... I'm sure we played Wolves. We beat Wolves on the Saturday. Um, I think we beat them... Yeah, about four nil. Um and I had been doing well up to that yeah. point. But I had a really, really good game on that day. Um it was on Sky. I think I scored two. Um so I was I think it was an early kickoff. I was buzzing after it. I think we were actually just about to go out. <laughs> um <laughs> whether we didn't play until like the following weekend, so like a big win on Sky. I think we were just about to go out. And I got a phone call for uh, Gordon Stratton saying basically talking about the game, saying he'd watched it, he'd been watching me, um, and that he wanted me to be involved in the in the next squad. Were you pinching I yourself? Was in, like, uh, I thought it was, I honestly thought it was a bam-up to begin with, um, and then obviously the more the conversation went on, I was just like, this is, this is mental. Yeah. Um, but aye, that was such a weird moment, sort of, always wanting to play for your country, and then, it just feels like everything you've done up until that point was just that, like, like relief, like, I've, not that I've done it, yeah. but just to get that call and say, like, coming, I would have been happy enough to go and, like, join up with the squad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, obviously you want to play, but the fact to just say that you've been selected with your country was was enough for me at that point. Um, and then, obviously, I made my, my debut uh, against England at Celtic Park. So all my family were there. I can remember just sitting there, like he told me to get ready to come on. I was just like, just standing there, and I was waiting for Sean Maloney was coming off. I was just standing there thinking, this is like, I can't believe this is like about happening. And not, I came on. I felt I'd done well. Um, set up Andy's goal. Yeah. Um, I was just, just off pure adrenaline, and <laughs> like just. But it was an unbelievable feeling, just obviously having my family there and them getting to see it because it's, I mean, it's not just me. Like, puts, you know, everything into this, they have to, they have to deal with yeah. everything you put in, all the setbacks, all the highs, lows, and they're, they're with you every step of the way. So I think it was, I think it was big for them as well. And do you, 
you obviously did, but so you take that moment before you come on, you you soak it all up, you appreciate just for that split second. Aye. What I you, just what you've achieved. I literally just I was thinking that just as I was standing it aside, obviously the numbers go up, yep. just waiting for, for Sean to come off. I was just thinking this is like surreal, to be honest, like this I'm literally I'm just about to go and sort of play for my country. Um and I've still got a I've still got a photo. Um one of my family took for the stands is just me like you can see the numbers of me just standing on the, the side and you can see out of obviously all the Parkhead Well Scotland fans are. So it was uh that's a, that's a good photo. It's one I actually need to get I need to get that up somewhere um, in my house. In terms of the summer, have you are you still keeping that door open for the Euros? I hope so. Honestly, I hope so. I mean, I spoke to the manager last year and obviously the situation with COVID was just yeah. made it impossible to travel. Um, so he's sitting, it was a weird one, obviously sitting watching the boys, which was gutted that like I couldn't be there. Yeah. But then just like sort of sitting watching it as a fan, like it's, and I get the sort of, added bonus that I'm watching it as a fan but like I've been through like the majority with them and it's all my mates so I get yeah. to see them and how happy they were um, and what they've put in it uh, and then I was getting all the FaceTimes and videos sent later as well so that was uh, that was brilliant but no it's just I'm hoping I can be there to change obviously hopefully this year things start to change and I can be involved but I mean, that's still my aim. I'm going to make sure that I'm available to be there. Um, and if I'm, if I get the chance, I'm amazing. If not, then I mean, I'm still going to be, still going to be a fan. Brilliant speaking to you, mate. Thanks so much for taking the time. Ah, uh, you too, mate. Good luck with pre-season, and hopefully, uh, you get to join up with the boys yeah, for the Euros in the summer. I hope so, mate. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Pod. If you enjoyed the episode, please like share, subscribe and pass the word to anyone who might be interested. See you next time.